0: our service of Empower Weekend. Yeah. Sounds like you sounds like you guys came to have church today. Man, it got loud in there, huh? Come on, stand to your feet. You know, I'm pretty humbled, actually. I was hearing our worship team sing, I was hearing you guys sing, and I was just humbled because um, other than that sound, I was humbled because I was just talking to my mom in Australia and for numerous different reasons, their church she's been going to, is like meeting every second week. And and I was been talking to her about that and the people are frustrated and they're like, why aren't these people gathering? And you know, a couple of people get sick here and there and then before you know it, they just cancel church and cancel church and cancel church. And you know, three weeks before we really didn't, this is a big weekend uh, other than three Sundays before we started telling you guys about it like hey come and we weren't sure how many people would come and you all came so I'm encouraged by that I really am as your pastor I'm encouraged by that it's very very um, encouraging and I want to tell you for a second why why church matters I got a text message today from a guy in Mexico um, Joe Riddle he said to you, yeah, he's a great guy. He texts me today. He says, a friend of mine chose to go to your church today. He said, you preached an incredible message. I was like, yeah, thank you, man, blah, blah, blah. And, um, <clears throat> and he said he moved to New York City and has been going through some tough stuff. Today was his first time going to church since he moved up there. And I just share those moments to let you know that when you serve in the house of God, it matters. When you show up, it matters. When you pray, it matters. Guess what? Simply your you singing encourages the person next to you, unless you're really bad at singing. But you know what I'm saying? Like your smile is encouraging someone. You being here today is encouraging someone. I'm encouraged because you're here, but 10 other people are also encouraged because you're here. You don't like my mic? All right, let's go back old school. We get ready to go old school. Um, so I'm encouraged that you're here, and then we're gonna um, we're gonna pray and we're gonna believe in the touch of God in this service. Hey, um, today my message is a little bit different. I preached this morning, and then I wasn't sure how much to leave out and how much to put in. So today I normally speak like two three points. You're going to probably get the most points in any one sermon, maybe ever. Uh, We'll see. We'll see. And I don't know if that's going to go well, but you are my trial. Uh, If it doesn't go well, I won't bring it back. I won't take it to another church. It's okay. So come on, let's pray together. Father, I thank you for every man. I thank you for every woman. I thank you for this house. I thank you for those who serve. I thank you for those who pray. I thank you for those who smile at people and encourage people. I thank you, God, for those who serve our kids and love on the kids. I thank you for those who serve in in high school ministry and middle school ministry. I thank you for every person who just came here tonight just saying, God, I know you have more for me. And so I'm asking you to move. And so Holy Spirit, I tell you, I need you. Your people need you. So Lord, would you love on your people today? Would you help them see what they need to? see and understand what they need to understand spirit of the living God I don't take it for granted God I I just I just pray for your people today that they'll get something from heaven today and I ask you to move in this place in the mighty name of Jesus and a church life said amen 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 great to see man you got me emotional already stop it (laughs) Someone say empower. empower. The simplistic definition of empower is to give someone the authority or power to do something. To give someone the authority or power to do something and how many know we see that everywhere in life you see that at your job you see that at school if you're a policeman you see authority and you see power to do certain things and what you want to understand out of this is Jesus wants to equip you Jesus wants to forgive you Jesus wants to heal you Jesus wants to restore you and Jesus desires to empower you to actually fulfill the very reason he created you on this planet someone say God has a plan And he wants to empower you, but it's obviously going to take a number of things for him to empower you on. I want to read a passage of scripture that is famous. It's perhaps one I've read a lot over 20 years of preaching, um, but it's a good one. So here it is Isaiah 61, verse 1 says this The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because, someone say, because. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim freedom to the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and instead of ashes, the oil of joy, instead of mourning, a garment of praise, instead of a spirit of despair, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planning of the Lord for the display of His splendour and they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. It is a beautiful passage of Scripture because it is poetic and it kind of paints a picture of broken things and broken people and God doesn't just go into the business of just healing them. He heals them so much that they then go and become a healing agent And I think that one of the best things that you could understand as a Christian and I could understand as a Christian is God does not just want to heal you, but He actually anoints you to become a healing agent. Now, how many of you know to become a healing agent and stay a healing agent will actually take some perseverance, will actually take some tenacity, will actually take some dying to the flesh, will actually take you following Jesus sometimes in the good days and in the bad days? Someone say persevere. Persevere. If Jesus needed the anointing of God on His life, how much do you? If the perfect sinless one who had never wronged needed the anointing of god in many ways he is therefore the in essence what i want to give you today is the theology of dependence let me say that again what i want to really give to you today and some of you this isn't you this will be an encouragement to you for others this will be a teaching to you but i want to give you today the theology of depending on god the theology that if Jesus, who is our Savior, but He says, follow me, therefore, if I'm going to follow Him, what do I have to do? I have to depend on the Spirit. Are you with me? Yeah. So I'm going to point out, if you like to take notes in church, you're going to love this sermon. <laughs> if you don't like to take the notes in church, you might mildly enjoy this sermon. We'll see how we go. Number one today, Jesus was born of the Spirit. He was born by the Holy Spirit in Luke chapter one, verse 35. The Bible actually says that when the angel spoke to Mary, they said, and the power of the Most High shall overshadow you. And there was a moment where the Holy Spirit literally took his seed and put it into Mary's seed and caused the God man to be born and it is the first picture actually of you and I need the exact same thing if you're not born again God actually desires that you would not just be born once but born twice some of you know that And Jesus was born of the Spirit. At 12 years of age, Jesus is growing in the Scriptures. He is asking questions. He's in the house of God. He is literally baffling the Pharisees and Sadducees with His knowledge, but He is listening to them and He is asking questions and He is desiring to grow in the Scriptures. How many know that you don't grow in the Scriptures um, casually? You actually have to be intentional about it. Um, you can capture some things. If you grew up in church, let's be honest, you caught some things. You, you, you kind of like, you were sat in church and, and, and all of a sudden you got faith when you were seven and nine. You heard some things and, and all of a sudden, and you grew up like a church kid and there's things deposited in you. The truth is, if you are a church person, there's things deposited in you for years that were deposited in you and you didn't even really have to try to get it. You were just around the environment, around the environment. And then eventually you go, oh, I get it now. But when you're an adult, how many you know you have to be a little more intentional than just running around church everywhere you go? No, you've actually got to learn and grow in the Scriptures. Number three today is this. He was growing in the balance of the Spirit. He was, I would call this, now I'm cheating a little bit because I like to use Luke 2.52. But here's what I want to say. He's growing in the balance of the Spirit. How many know the Holy Spirit is a balanced None of you know. Good. Uh, How many of you know that the Holy Spirit is balanced? Right, we know this scripture if you've been around our church a little while. Luke 2.52, and Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in the favour of God and in the favour of man. If I would encourage every man in here and every woman in here, if you're the age of 13 to about 30, one of the greatest things you can do is grow in wisdom and stature and favour with God and favour with man. It is the picture of a balance or a Holy Spirit balance that God desires for your life. Does that make sense? Number four, today he was baptized in the Spirit. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit came upon him. He was baptized in water and the Holy Spirit baptized him. Some say, immerse. Some say, surround. When I baptize someone, I don't just sprinkle them with water, do I? I literally dunk them down so that they are completely um, um, submerged. Thank you, helping me. It's the... I was sick a little bit this week and, and uh, so preaching more times than normal isn't good for my health, you know. And, uh, and he is submerged in the Holy Spirit so Jesus doesn't just want to, the Holy Spirit doesn't want to give you a sprinkle, he actually wants to submerge you. That means to be surrounded. No, no. Uh, number five, he is lovingly affirmed by his Father securing his identity. How many know this is really important. If you're never affirmed by your father or your mother, how many know there's broken parts of your life? If the, and, and most of us had some level of dysfunction either with one of our parents, so most of the time we search for our identity. But when Jesus started His ministry, He is loved by His Father and God in, in heaven speaks to Him and says, this is my Son whom I love. In Him I am well pleased. And here's the thing, He hasn't preached a sermon. He hasn't done a miracle. He hasn't done any of that stuff. He, he finds affirmation in God before He does anything. That means I would encourage you to grow in your affirmation in God. Know that God loves you despite what you do. Sometimes people try and lead things and and the truth is sometimes when you lead things and you don't have a strong identity, you end up distorting everything around you and breaking other people because you're still trying to get your affirmation from everyone else instead of from your Father in heaven. Number six, he is full of the Spirit. Luke chapter four, verse one, I told you there'd be a lot of points tonight and I'm not even halfway done. Full of the Spirit. Someone say full of the Spirit. Now you know people and they're full of lots of things, but Jesus was full of the Spirit. To be full of the Spirit in Luke chapter 4 verse 1, he is full of the Spirit. In Luke chapter 4 verse 1, the same text, he is led by the Spirit. Whatever you are full of will lead you. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever you will, whatever you are full of, it will lead your life. If you've, I don't suggest you do it, but if you've ever had too much to drink, you will notice that you talk different and you walk different. And the more you actually drink, the more you'll talk different and you'll walk different. If you ever got high, and I would suggest you stop it tonight. I would say to you that you talk different and you walk different. But when you are full of the spirit, you talk different and you walk different. If you're a gossiping person and you're full of gossip, what do you do? You talk different and you walk different. If you're an unforgiving person and a bitter person, you talk different and you walk different. You see everything through the lens of whatever you are full of. That is why I warn you and I encourage you, look at what you are feeding on, because whatever you are full of, eventually will spill out. Whatever you're full of, is it TikTok videos? Whatever you're full of, it'll fall on out. Is it, is it I don't know, just the news? Is it the next conspiracy theory? It, whatever you're full of, it'll fall out. Um, are, you, are you full of... Uh, just just all kinds of different things. That's why the presence of God is so important. We don't just sing songs in our church. We actually want to usher people in the presence of God because in the presence of God, literally those, those poisons and toxins that get in us from just living in this world, they actually get si- siphoned out of us and then God begins to fill our cup. Are you with me? He is full of the Spirit. He is led of the Spirit. Luke 4.14 He is preached, oh sorry, he comes out of the desert in the power of the Spirit. In the power of the Spirit. Now here's the thing, he has passed the test. In the desert, he is tested. He is tested and he is tested. And then when he is tested, he comes out in the power. So here's the thing, you've got to pass the test if you want more power. Life is a series of tests. If you want a promotion, someone say yes. yes. You have to pass the test It's part of life, right? If you, if you want a, f- uh, a second date, you gotta have a pretty decent first date. What is it? It's a test. Do I like you? Are you an idiot? We don't know. I was talking to a young girl in our church and, and the dude didn't pay and, and then didn't walk into the car and all kinds of things. And we're like, ah, failed the test. And then he texts her later like, oh, I can't wait for the second date. (laughs) Someone say clueless. (laughs) There is a movie about that called Clueless. It's a bit of an oldie. He comes out in the power of the Spirit. He preaches and gives instruction By the Spirit. Acts chapter 1 verse 2 tells us that He is preaching and giving instructions by the Spirit. Isaiah 61 tells us the same thing. He is preaching by the Spirit. And what happens when He's preaching by the Spirit? Many are shocked by the authority of of the words that He speaks. They, They say, this man doesn't talk like everyone else. He has authority when He speaks. And the interesting thing about authority, it comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. He's preaching and giving instructions by the Spirit. He knew private information by the Spirit. In John chapter 1, verse 48, he sees Nathaniel, And when he sees Nathaniel, he says, here is a true Israelite indeed, a man of, 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 um, of um, no deceit, it says. And he, hear me now, he saw him while he was still praying earlier. In John chapter 4, we see a woman who is caught, uh, not caught in adultery. She is a woman um, of Samaria and she's come out to kind of basically avoid people and Jesus strikes up the conversation with her and he is chatting with her. It's like, you know, why don't you go get your husband? And then finally she goes, well, I don't have a husband. And then Jesus says to her, well, you're right. You've had five husbands and the one you're living with is not your husband. How many know he knew her? Sometimes the Pharisees would say something and the Bible would say he knew their thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. He knew it. Now don't go around staring at people and just, just going, Holy Spirit, just just show me something, just give me a vibe, give me, yes. Super spiritual. Don't, don't do that. Uh, what, what the Lord will often do actually is sometimes He will just give you a nudge about something. Don't trust that one. Real simple, just literally like that. You're sitting there, someone will walk by you. You're like, oh, why don't I trust them? That might sound weird, but occasionally I wander through our church and I'm not sure, I, like, I kind of go, I'm not sure I trust them. You're like, Pastor, you can't say that. Yes, I can. Because I've been around long enough that just because you shout Jesus, it doesn't mean you have truly humbled yourself and dealt with your inner closet. Sorry, Mama. But tonight, I'm cleaning out the closet. Mm now here's the thing sometimes when you've been burnt though understand that you actually don't look at people with discernment you look at people with criticalness there is a difference when you're offended when when you left a church and it didn't go well when you had a dysfunctional family it's funny years ago I'll give you this example I was getting my car cleaned or I was getting my car fixed I had an older I think it was our first honda accord it was the first car miriam and i had together when we were married and this guy comes in and he um they had to check out the cd player because the cd player wasn't working remember back in the day had cds it was a six stacker like those were the good ones i had a six stacker you know and i was using the six stacker and but it was gone and it wasn't working properly and all that kind of stuff so i was getting it fixed and uh they had to use a cd for us to listen to it and then I was about to take off and the guy was like, oh, you're, you're taking my CD. And you could tell all of a sudden he thought I was literally trying to steal his CD. And I'm like, well, I'm not sure I'm trying to steal your steal CD. And he acted really weird when he was kind of like, oh, I could tell I'm fast like that. I know. And I thought to myself, that's because you steal people's CDs, bro. But you're talking to the wrong guy. I'm honest. I'll come back and give you a CD back. I will. Jesus dealt me, with me on that one. <laughs> he did, he did, he did. Someone say, get honest. <laughs> yeah, amen. If you're not honest, just get honest. <laughs> How many think Christians should be the most trusted people? Right? Now listen, if you're not the most trusted person, this is why you need repentance. Right? This is why we need communion. This is why we need the preaching of the word. This is why we need it. We need it because guess what? Um, everyone I've ever met has either lied or stolen something. You ever just gone through the Ten Commandments and go, oh, I'm not that good. <laughs> it's, it's, it's true. You're not. That's why you needed a savior. That's why you needed Jesus. And how many know. Yeah, amen. <laughs> Number 11, he performed miracles and cast out devils by the Spirit. Even Jesus performed miracles and cast out devils by the Spirit. Isn't that interesting? Acts chapter 10, verse 38. And as you know, that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Some say power. power. Then Jesus went around doing what? doing good if you're not sure what to do do some good you know you're like ah God I want God to use me do some good just do something encourage someone smile at someone serve somewhere do something doing good and healing all who are oppressed by the devil for God was with him Jesus was dependent on the spirit how many think you can grow on your dependence on the spirit So we have a theology of dependence. We understand that Jesus was dependent. Now let me shift it to you tonight and say, can you grow in your dependence on the Spirit? Do you need the Holy Spirit to accomplish what God has called you to accomplish? Do you need the Holy Spirit to have a great family? Most of the time you do. Now, you can be an atheist and have a great family and so forth, and you can be an intentional person, but most people I've found need the Holy Spirit to have a great family. Why? Because we're just kind of jacked up. Because I've never had anyone come into our office and say, Pastor, I need to meet with someone and talk to one of the pastors here or the counselor and so forth, because my wife, is, she's too loving and she's too kind and she's too patient and she's, she's just too much of the fruit of the Spirit. I have never heard of that and I don't think it'll ever happen. He's just so nice. Would he just yell at me? I just want him to be bad sometimes. No. It's pretty much the opposite, isn't it? Selfish, doesn't think of anyone but himself. Can he pick up anything he ever puts down? No. Can he forgive? Can he move on? No. I'm not going to cook as good as his mother. I'm just, anyway. Anyway cool thing with my wife my mum my just started burning everything as she got older my wife had nothing to compete with <laughs> she really didn't my wife's an amazing cook but my mum kind of stunk it up the last couple of years so it was like when my wife started cooking I was like this is awesome I've never said to my wife you should cook more like my mum. I'm like, "Mum, why don't you take some lessons from my wife?" <clears throat> Love you, mum, if you watch. <laughs> I think she just got new interests. <laughs> she did. When we were young, we'd come home after church and she'd make this amazing roast, or she'd do this like sweet and sour like Chinese meal. I'm like, oh, this is great. And then as she got older, older, it was like, Mom, what's burning? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, praise God. Praise God. Love my mom. Anyway, shout out, mom. I don't know why I do that. I never do that. Must be the New Jersey coming out. Might need to go on vacation. (laughs) He lives a dependent life. Someone say dependent. Christ lived a dependent life, but hear me now. Christ lived a dependent life which became powerful life. So to be empowered is actually to come under not just God's authority, but God's ways. Therefore, if I'm to live a powerful life, I need to live a dependent life. But the challenge for all of us is this. Sometimes we wanna just depend on ourselves, don't we? Now, what I'm not saying, and I hope you don't get this, is that you you need to pray all day just to go to work and you need to pray all day to clean your room and do your budget and all this kind of stuff. No, no, no. Actually, God shapes you in the character moments haven't you found that that's just character that's just doing work that's just that's what you're gifted in you just do it work that's how God blesses you you want to be blessed work that's how he does it now he does it in other ways but let me just uh, clarify that again how many want to be blessed say yes okay work that's how he does it financially that's how he does it and then we give and then he blesses but it's primarily work And I said all of that so that we would have a theology of dependence. But now I want to just share a couple of thoughts about how do we grow more dependent. And now I'm gonna give you seven things real quick. I told you that's the most points you've ever had in any sermon. I just gave you 11 things. Now I'm gonna give you seven. Are you ready? I'm definitely going over my time tonight. You okay with that? Yeah. There should be just like one honest person in the back, like, no, (laughs) shut up. (laughs) Gotta get up in the morning. (laughs) But I appreciate it, church. How do we grow more dependent? Number one, just recognize your need of the Spirit. Recognize your need of the Spirit, Tessa, by not dropping your phone every day. Recognize your need of the Spirit. Ephesians 5.18 says to be filled. Someone say be. That's the continual constant being filled of the Holy Spirit. Number two, value the Word of God. Someone say value it. And the Bible says we're to value it more than gold. Value it more than silver it says value it value the Word of God maybe one of the first psalms I ever memorized was Psalm 1 blesses the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of the scornful or the mocker but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law does he meditate day and night watch this now and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water which bears forth its fruit in season whose leaf does not wither and whatever he does it prospered why did I memorize that scripture many many years ago I memorized that scripture because I wanted the 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 fruit of it so I memorized that at 18 years old but I wanted the fruit why because there's God wants to bless you and he says if you do that you'll get that are you with me value the word of God number three value the house of God value the house of God value it you know there was times in 2000 when Obviously, they were shut down for a while and you're doing church online and, and I just had to keep encouraging our people, listen, let's do a service. We say, let's do a service out li- outside and why? Because there's value in people gathering together. There's value, you just get encouraged, you get more joy. Do you know that the, the, the most relationally rich, the most satisfied sexually, the um, are actually people that go to the house of God regularly. That was a non-Christian study, came out of I think the University of Michigan, was literally this study that said the least satisfied people actually sexually on the on, in America were those who literally watched porn too much and got into all kinds of weird stuff. But the people who actually were in the house of God, not monthly, actually weekly, and prayed together sometimes, they were actually the most happy. Now, that might just motivate some of you men to, oh, yeah, babe. (sighs) I'm just bringing you to the house, babe. Come hella high water, I'm bringing you to the house. Broke, busted, and disgusted, stay in the house. (laughs) Giovanni knows what I'm talking about. So, yes. Praise God. We're having some fun, aren't we? We're having some fun. You're like, I got 14 points and I still had fun. How's that possible? I don't know. Um, I'm amazed how it's going myself. Value private praise and worship. Value private praise and worship. Listen to me, your life will change. When you get alone, private praise and worship, you'll get revival by yourself. I remember one time, I was like 18 and um, the touch of God had come upon my life, 17 and a half. and, And I was listening to some worship at the time and I was just by myself. And I remember sitting down like in my house and praise and worship was going. And I was just sensing the Lord, and I was like, oh, this is like this is revival." <laughs> well, you didn't go to church service, but you had church all by yourself, and Jesus met you right there. He softened your heart right there. He changed your life right there. Gave you purpose right there. Just just did something fresh in your soul right there. Listen to me, praise and worship isn't is the language of heaven therefore if you want heavens atmosphere that's the language you need to breathe most times people need to get drunk need to get high because they're not filled with the right spirit they're seeking it they're like I've got to get filled with something else that's you're empty but the father says come into my presence with Thanksgiving come into my presence with praise if you'll do that I promise you the Christian life changes once you discover this by yourself what we just experienced tonight Go do that by yourself. Go do it by yourself. Go walk in a park. Go pray somewhere by yourself. Go, go listen to music by yourself in the car and just realize that Jesus will meet you right there. He will meet you right there. Isn't He good? He is good. You know, the Bible says the Lord is the strength of my life. I think it's Psalm 18 verse one <clears throat> or Psalm 27, I can't remember. But for some reason, about a year ago, two years ago, I read that scripture. I think we we're doing like something family wise. And I realized that Jesus had been the strength of my life for over 20 years. And it just all of a sudden, just kind of got me choked up. I was like, oh Lord. <laughs> You've been the strength of my life over 20 years. And I tell you that the reason that I believe I'm blessed is because of that. Like that, that's it. Came from broken home. We didn't have a lot of money. There was a lot of fighting. There was a lot of um, addictions. There was a lot of bitterness. There was a lot of that kind of stuff. And uh, so I didn't have a great model to follow. And so, and then I look back two years ago and I let you went oh he is the strength of my life and he's been the strength of my life for 20 years and I would tell some of you today that if you just keep following you can look back and say God was the strength of my life for five years and 10 years and 15 years 20 years and 30 years and 40 years are you with me church value private praise and worship number five seek God to know him and for him to guide you It's okay to say, God, what do you have for me? What do you have for me? It's very important to say that. God, what do you have for me? Now, don't make it all about you, but it's okay to say, God, what do you have for me? Because He wants to reveal Himself to you. I remember when the Lord revealed Himself as Father to me at about 18, 19, it was very, very important. Just changed something in me. It literally changed something in me. It literally, um, I read this tiny little book called Knowing God as Father. It was like 80 pages long, it was big typing. It's a large pamphlet. (laughs) But it's a beautiful book. And for some reason, when I read that book, it became very important to me that He was my Father. Because when He's your Father, He's the strength of your life and you can follow after Him and know Him, amen. Number six, pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Ephesians 6 tells us the armor of God and then it says, and pray in the Spirit at all times, at all occasions. Here's how Paul said it, the Apostle Paul. He says, I'll pray with my mind He says, I'll pray with my spirit. He says, I'll sing with my mind. And he says, I'll sing with my spirit. The greatest apostle to ever live was telling the church, pray in the spirit and pray with your mind. Sing in the spirit and sing with your mind. Don't neglect the gift, that heavenly language that builds up the inner man, that makes you strong that causes something on the inside, that fire on the inside to sustain you. And if you don't have that, ask for it. Let me say this very boldly and very clearly. If you don't have it, ask for it. Are you with me? Don't weed it, don't allow the devil to shun it. If the apostle Paul said to you, I pray in the spirit more than you all, you and I should probably do that too, occasionally. What do you think? Number seven, last thing. How do you cultivate dependence on the Holy Spirit? Go. Because when you go, now you're on mission. And now you get scared. You know you should do something this year that scares you. You're like, I don't like being scared. Don't watch scary movies either. You should do something that scares you. You should pray for someone that you've never prayed for. You should invite someone you never invited. You should go on a trip somewhere. You should do something that scares you. It should rack, you, rock your faith a little bit. Why? Because then you go, Jesus, <laughs> I need you. He's like, oh, finally. <laughs> why? Because if you do everything safe, why do you need Him? As I lead this church, I'm like, Jesus, can't do it without you. Can't lead without you. Don't want to, but can't preach without you. Can't can't know leaders without you. Can't discern things without you. Just, I need to, I need to, I need you. And as we go this year and we share our story, just whatever it is that you do. Now here, let me say this. Someone walked up to me and said, Anthony, you, at the start of the year, you had a word called go and that really confirmed that I need to go to another state. And I just want to... Say no. As your pastor, I think you should stay here. I'm just kidding. Your face should stretch you. Do something this year that scares you. Do something this year that you've never done before. Because then you have to depend. Does that make sense? Then you have to depend. Say this with me, God has not given me a spirit of fear. But of power, love and a sound mind. Come on, say it again. God has not given me a spirit of fear. But of power, love and a sound mind. Come on, say it again. God has not given me a spirit of fear. But of power, love and a sound mind. Come on, say it again. God has not given me a spirit of fear. But of power, love, and a sound mind. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power. Come oh on, come on, give the Lord a shout. When Abram is 99, he had a promise for 24 years. But at 99, God says, now you're no longer Abram, but Abraham then the promise comes one year later promise came 24 years before he's walking with God and finally in 99 he says now it's no longer Abram but Abraham the breath came on him that ha was actually the ha in the Hebrew it was breath it was the Holy Spirit came upon him but watch this now the Holy Spirit came upon who he was he was the first spirit filled man outside of Adam and here's the thing his language changed for a year and then he got the promise and sometimes we want to to change in four minutes in church no let me just encourage you your language has to change for years and eventually you'll start to become what you say Maybe it takes you, John Castillo, with a -A G-I-A-N. Maybe it takes you five years and ten years to become the man God has called you to be, or 15 or 20. But however long it takes, what does it matter? But keep declaring it and keep saying that. You're called to be a difference maker, my friend. You are. You're called to be a difference maker. You're called to be a difference maker. Man, I've rarely met, I've rarely met such a sharp I think, Are you in 12th grade? 12th grade, senior, going to Liberty University next year. He's helping me with some of the transform stuff. And his language is, is he, he's so smart. He just naturally says big words and you hang out with him. And you're just like, do, you, do, do high school students say that? You're like, I know lawyers that don't say that. Albert, the touch of God's on your life, my friend. It really is. Come on, open your hands to heaven, Albert. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord, I pray a fresh anointing on your son right now. A fresh anointing on him. A fresh anointing on Nicole. Lord, I see just faithfulness. I see serving. I see a ministry call on you. In the name of Jesus, I pray the touch of God on your life. That God would build you and make you and shape you and just keep you in the palm of His hand and and not running far not not falling over but just running the race and building other people and building other people and as you build other people God will build you as you build other people God will build you my friend thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord I think um, I think the atmosphere is right I think I think we can worship a little bit longer and our prayer team's going to come up the front. And I've talked a lot about the dependence on the Holy Spirit. And many of you just, I I pray you get released tonight, that healing comes your way, that purpose comes your way. But more than anything else, how many know that God knows how to meet your need where you need it? God knows, listen, young people, God knows where to meet your need, where you need it. And sometimes I might be saying a bunch of stuff, you like, I'm not sure I'm connecting to this. But I hope you get it and it teaches you, but more than anything else, I hope it just gives you a hunger for the real and the authentic. And when someone prays for you, I pray that God knows how to speak to you where you need it. God knows how to speak to you guys where you need it. God knows how to heal the things that need healing, fill the places that need to be filled in Jesus' Name. Before I close this part of the service, I do want to just take a moment. Why do you close your eyes? The Spirit of the Lord is here, that's very, very obvious. If I would say to you today personally, do you know the King? Would you say yes? Would you say no? would you say, I'm not sure. The reason I say that is if if I'm a child of God, I I should know who my dad is. But there's lots of people that either know they're not a child of God or they're not sure they're a child of God. And so I want to give you a simple invitation. The Spirit of God is here. He's drawing people right here, right now. If you're not sure you're a child of God or you know you're not a child of God and you say, Anthony, Today, I desire to be. I feel God drawing my heart right here, right now. I want you to pray a simple prayer with me. And it just goes like this. Jesus, come into my life. Say this with me. Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Saviour. Be my friend. I turn to You. I trust in You. From this day on, forgive my sin. Change my heart. Make me your child. I receive your grace right now. And if that's you today, all across this place, quickly, just raise your hand, raise it up high. You, all across this place, raise your hand, raise your hand. Thank you, 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 thank you. Hands going up all over the place. That's awesome today. That's awesome. That's awesome. Put your hands down. I pray for each and every single one of you that you begin to value Him like you've never valued Him before. Speak to them, Lord. Guide them. Plant them. Take them away from things they cannot handle. Set them on your path, Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Before I ask our prayer team to come, let me just share last thoughts. In Acts chapter 8, the Gentiles receive Christ, they receive the gospel, they're forgiven, they're a child of God. And the apostles come from Jerusalem and their concern was for them was this, have you been immersed in the Holy Spirit? That was their concern because they knew, they believed, they wanted them to be effective. And so I say to you today, if you need prayer today, yes, you've been forgiven. Yes, you're a child of God. Yes, you've prayed. But have you been surrounded and immersed by the Holy Spirit? so much so that you know that there are different gifts in your life that yeah they might be immature and they need some maturity but yes they're there if you've never prayed in heavenly languages before man get prayer today if you've never had a a, a moment where you just felt like God has really his voice has been so clear to you make it a priority today you ready to worship a little longer I think the team's ready are you guys ready you look ready. All right, you guys can take this away. Come on, let's worship. If you want prayer, come forward. It's going to be-